is up? What is going on, folks? Welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. Thanks for coming back. We certainly appreciate it. My name is Mike. I am your host. Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. And we have a jam-packed episode for you tonight, so let's jump right in before I introduce my co-host. Just want to give you a little bit about where you can find us online. First and foremost is our website, which is ahpod.com. That's A-H-H-P-O-D.com. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, all of our episodes are on YouTube. That's uh, America's Hometown Horror YouTube channel. We're also on Facebook at America's Hometown Horror. On Twitter, at Hometown Horror. And we're on Instagram at Hometown Horror Pod. And you can shoot us an email at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. I am joined live in studio by my co-hosts, my usual co-hosts, the three amigos, are back yet again, looking thrilled to be here, Catherine and Andrew. What's up, guys? Hello! How are you? I am pumped. We're going to do a blockbuster movie. (laughs) Yes, let's go. What would the definition of a blockbuster movie be again for the listeners? It's a movie that exists in one of the blockbuster stores. Okay, only? So it's the only place you can get it? So you've learned nothing. (laughs) Good to hear. Glad that your master's degree is paying off well, big dividends. master in movies. Yeah, you mastered in being a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you kidding? Are no. you kidding? No, not really. Idiot. Well, guys, we're back, and I was going to say, you had better be excited for tonight, Andrew, because this was a movie that you handpicked for this episode, my friend, oh, and it's one that you've I've been, been itching to yeah, talk about this Dare movie. I say, chomping at the bit I mean, it's hard when movie. you're buying such a classic movie such as this mm. to talk about. Mm. But, you know, yeah, you've been talking about this for a while, right? Because it's great. And it's actually funny because uh, this is the longest that Kat has withheld her opinion of a movie I to both of us, wait. so I'm interested to see what it she has to It makes me think that she say. loves this movie. I think she does, too. I think she does. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But before we jump into the news, the notes, and tonight's topic, I want to first give another shout-out. Uh, we mentioned last week that uh, we got an awesome write-up from a website called horrorfacts.com. And I want to give another shout-out to horrorfacts.com. And the reason is this. If you now go to horrorfacts.com, which is an awesome website that if you're a fan of horror, you should absolutely be uh, following on all social media and uh, going to their website daily, you get horror news, you get horror reviews, you get all sorts of interesting insight if you're a horror fan. But now, you guys, now, Mm -hmm. if you go to horrorfacts.com and click on their podcasts page... You will see a dedicated section to our show, Wow, America's Hometown Horror, amongst other excellent horror podcasts. Oh, that's awesome. That, dare I say, I am shocked to see the name of our show next to these podcasts. Dude, we continue to be humbled. Yeah. It's just... It really is. It's unbelievable. I, uh, you know, I can't believe that people continue to listen to us and continue continue to support us. It really is unbelievable. So thank you again to HorrorFacts.com. We I can't truly say must ma- nice be making a connection with our listeners, which I appreciate. Right? Yeah, wow. yeah. Because must... if they connect to what they're hearing from us, then yeah. we definitely yeah. would connect to them. Yeah, yeah. If that makes and everyone sense. connects to each other. It's uh, it, it really is. It's a it's a great it's a great thing that people continue to support our show, and we certainly appreciate it. So we're now not only a member of the Inebriart Podcast Network, but we're a member of HorrorFacts.com. That's awesome. Uh, I'm doing uh, my podcast happy network. Dance. There's your little dance. And now you guys are missing out this out on this. Visual. If only you could see <laughs> what I see sitting directly across from me with. The mullet hidden by his baseball cap. Breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Breathtaking. That's the only Amazing. way you can put it. <laughs> Amazing. Speaking of uh, people and shows that continue to support our show, you guys, it's been a little bit of time since we have mentioned on air the name Spooky World the Movie. Remember oh, those guys? Remember? Yes. Spooktacular. God, I love those guys. I love, them. love Tony, love Quinn, love David, and uh, we had all three of them on our show. Tony's been on our show multiple times, but we uh, we also had uh, David and, uh, and, uh, and Quinn. Uh, Quinn is the director of Spooky World the Movie, and David Bertolino is the original creator of Spooky World the Movie, and they joined us uh, last year on our show to talk about the documentary that's upcoming. I was actually going to say, I think that popped up on my social media feed, that that was almost like a year ago, like, mm. now, that it we was, had that. It was a while ago. It was a while ago, and it was an awesome time. If you haven't listened to that yet, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, old-school haunted attraction talk, go back and listen to that episode. They provided some awesome insight, as well as what we can expect from the movie. And when we had Tony back on our, uh, you know, our gateway horror movie episode, he debuted the trailer for Spooky World, the movie, uh, the, doc- the documentary movie trailer, I should say. 
Um, all I can say is this. I talked to Tony a little bit today, and there is going to be a gigantic announcement coming this Saturday. That would be uh, April 30th. Saturday, April 30th. Stay tuned to Spooky World the Movie. Uh, their social media pages, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, stay tuned because there is going to be a huge announcement at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as much as I would like to reveal more about what they have to say, that's about all I can say at this point. And as I look at the excellent old school Spooky World poster right behind your head, Andrew. My beautiful head? Yes. It makes me feel so happy to know that they are doing so well Love you guys at Spooky World the Movie. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Quinn. Thank you, David. That's all I can say about that, as much as I want to say more. We but love you guys. Stay tuned. Andrew, talk to me about Outer Range on Amazon Ooh. Prime. And Ooh. now keep in mind, I'm not going to spoil anything. You've seen all of it, right? I've seen, three I've, of the seen four epi- I've seen one episode. I've only seen three episodes and so out of the four that are available. If you remember this, if you listen to last week's episode on X, uh, we teased a little bit about this show. None of us had seen it yet, but this is the new Josh Brolin-led show on Amazon Prime that we called a kind of a hybrid of True Detective, The Twilight Zone, and Yellowstone. Um, I loved the first episode, and I just haven't had time to watch the rest. So, Andrew, give me your thoughts on this show. I mean, first this, this is this is shaping up to be an absolute tour de force for Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Josh as it is. Fantastic he's actor. and Phenomenal. I mean, you picked uh, No Country for Old Men in your 2010 and draft. He's, he's awesome in that. As Great Llewellyn. Movie. Llewellyn Mouse. Llewellyn Mouse. Uh, phenomenal. It's a, this show's about to get... Real weird, real fast. I can. It's got so many different elements. Takes in Greek mythology, sci-fi. There's definitely going to be some more elements of horror. I don't know where it's going, but I like it, and I can't wait to watch more. I just hope that this show is received the same way that I'm receiving it, so we definitely get to see a season and a season and a season four, because it feels like it's going to be. It's it's like when I first started watching The Outsider, that show. Mm-hmm. But I just hope it gets... Which we also did an episode on. We did an episode on. I just feel like I, I it, the potential is there for this to be just an absolute rip-roaring, let's-fucking-go show. Because I, I don't want to give... Absolute rip-roaring, let's-fucking-go show. I don't want to give anything it. away because it's so new. If you haven't seen it, watch it. You won't be disappointed. After the first, like, 35, 40 minutes of the first episode, it gets into gear real fast and yeah. it doesn't slow down well the way the first episode ends is very much like a holy fuck i need to see what happens mm-hmm. in the next episode and unfortunately i literally had a time cut off where i could not watch the second episode because uh, i was going to work at my second job so i i literally i literally could not watch it and i was thinking about it the entire time uh during my shift so i i can't wait to continue to watch this show and I, it's getting a lot of buzz so i think that oh, it's about okay. as well received as we think it is. I mean, honestly. I mean, it's fronted by Josh Brolin. Like, it's not going to be some lame-ass show. And even, even, okay, so aside from the, Josh Brolin. The side Brolin, characters, you have that lady that I hate, but she's played a good role so far. The bitch from The Conjuring. Yeah, so she was the wife in The Conjuring. I, she annoys me, but she's very good in this role. I think she's excellent. It also got the guy from Shit's Creek in it, um, David's boyfriend. Yes. Is oh, in it. yeah, you mentioned and he sings. He's a villain. He does some He's more singing in, in this. Yeah. He sings plenty in this. And also, uh, so Josh Brolin's two sons are played by uh, Tom Pelfrey, who was fantastic in not only Banshee, which is one of the most criminally underrated shows of all time. He was also fantastic in season four of Ozark. Um, he played Wendy's brother the crazy one remember oh, yeah. him i loved him he's awesome he's in the show he plays one of josh brolin's kids and the other son is bill pullman's son in real like life him. oh um, yes who's the blonde girl that's the hippie that's like her name what is, is she in? imogen poots that's and her name what has she been in she i swear to god so that's her name she yeah. looks very familiar she's like one of those actors that's been in a bunch of stuff but like never like famously known for it okay. I, 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 she has I'd one of those to, faces that you see and you go i've yeah. seen you in something yeah yeah i've seen you i mean if you want to keep talking about you. it i can get i can give it sec- I, I can look at it in a second and see here well yeah i mean there's plenty yeah. of time and then um you got the um the tillerson like the main like the father of the Tillerson group, oh, he's oh, in wow. everything. Uh, Will Will uh, Will Patton. Will Patton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
ran out of steam. Well, I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to think of what I've seen him in, and I can't remember. But he's he's one uh, of those remem- guys. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. He's, he's, he's in been everything. In a billion things. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so let's see. Imogen Poots is best known for 28 <laughs> weeks later. Uh, Green Room. 28 weeks later. That's what I remember. Weeks later. I remember that. Not as good as 28 days later, but yep. I remember from that. Uh, let's see, and then a bunch of other stuff. I don't think she's necessarily like one of the headline, she's, but she's very good. Headline goodness. actresses in most she's, things. But she, she's good. Yeah. There's something about her character where I feel like this show has like I almost feel like she is. So this is my from the three episodes I've seen without giving too much away. Josh Brolin is perhaps it's I, I don't want to be so he's almost like Jesus mm-hmm. in this, and she is the devil. Tempting him because she's trying. She she keeps offering him money for his land, and it's almost like when Jesus was in the wilderness wandering, and Satan kept trying to tempt him. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Different things, and I feel like it's because this 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 show could go in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's the devil, and he's supposed to be like the Jesus character. Okay. Which which thing. by the way, if you're a fan of Yellowstone, I wasn't kidding with the Yellowstone comparisons. Like that is li- literally the plot of, oh, really? of the most literally. recent season is people trying or actually most of the series, people trying to poach and or buy land from John Dutton. Yeah. Played by the studly sixty seven year old Kevin Costner. The man. Oh. Great. Great, great, great character. So safe to say that you recommend Outer Range if you highly. haven't watched it Get on the boat. How many episodes is it? The banana boat. Four. four. Uh, there's four available now. Total? I Total. think after this weekend, it might be up to six. I don't uh, know. Okay. Don't well, know I like that they're releasing, releasing two a week. That, is, that definitely helps. What is it on? Amazon Prime. Amazon huh. Prime. So everyone has Amazon. So. Cool. Outer Range or Outer Range, as gonna, some people might say. Are ask me what I watched? Catherine, what have you watched? I watched Choose The Stepfather. Or, choose or Die, remember? Oh, I forgot about Choose I or know, Die. I know, I knew it wasn't on your agenda. Mm. Here I come. Here Talk I to come. me about Choose or Die. So, there was one night when you where were can working. People, where can people find it? You were roasting some mushrooms. I was mushrooms, roasting some mushrooms and texting Andrew. <laughs> Ridiculous. You need to watch this. I'm like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> it was like number three. It's on Netflix, and it was one of the ones that said like top ten, and it was like number three. And if I was it like, says top oh, ten well, on Netflix, I don't watch those because those are usually top terrible. I was like, I was like, it's still oh. light outside. I'll throw this on. I was texting Andrew about roasting mushrooms, and then like I was like, oh, I'll still watch it it's by myself. It's still light Weirdo. outside, and then all of a sudden it was like forty five minutes in because I was doing like three different things while I was trying to watch this movie, like I always do because I'm mm-hmm. terrible at sitting down and watching a movie. So <laughs> that's true. It's um. The, the quick story about this movie is it's pretty much th- this, like, younger friends that discover this old video game, and they're, like, gamer people. They collect all these retro things. And I don't know how they, they put it in some sort of, like, old computer. It, it almost looks like a cassette tape. Like an emulator-type system almost? I guess, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I don't, I'm not a big old-school gamer, so I don't really know how all that works, but... That's yeah. not surprising. You're just a Pokemon you even, gamer. Yeah, you don't even know what Blockbuster means, so I'm not surprised by any so, of this. So, I had a Game Boy Color, and I super But I didn't go back as far as, like, a Did you ever play uh, Pokemon... Snap? Snap. Oh, I, I think love I that did, game. That might be the best Pokemon game ever made. You just take pictures. It's like taking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a photo shoot for Pokemon. I did. Oh, look I at that Pikachu. That. So sexy Charmander. by the... Uh, you can take pictures in Pokemon there. Go. I will say my favorite video game that Pokemon were figured... Uh, were Super Smash Brothers. In was Super Smash Brothers uh, on yeah. Nintendo 64. Wow. Yes. When you play in... What's Jigglypuff the, what's the What's the name of the city you can... The, the Pokemon city uh, that they all live in? Ashland. Uh, no, when you, bat, when you battle uh, Pikachu in that city and then you got Charmander, he like smashes you around. You I get like know. a bunch... Like, I don't know. Somebody don't know tweet at me. Let me know. But that that's what I'm talking about. So, anyways, this movie. Choose or Die. So, they get this... Um, I'll just... Quick background before giving too much away, but... Um, they find this this uh, old school game, and it says on it that if you beat this game, you're you can win a prize. So they go and they put it in the thing, and they start playing it. And it says, "Do this, choose or die." And all of a sudden, it starts like picking up on real life things that are happening. And it's like, "Hey, like it would be like, hey, Andrew's sitting there. Do you slap him in the face, or do you knock him into the wall?" So it's like a choose your own adventure it's kind of kind of choose your like own adventure. Banner snatch, right? Oh, so it's the same interface? Like, do you actually no, no, no. pick the... You don't actually... You don't. It's not interactive. Oh. oh Boo. Okay. It's not interactive. But it's like the game knows what's going on in real time. 
Okay. So okay. that's the premise of it. So okay. and it's the whole point is it's going to hurt everyone that you love that you're around and you have to be the sole survivor at the end and then battle the boss. Gotcha. So it's actually it's actually kind of good. Okay. Like it's kind of a pretty good movie. I liked it. Kind of a pretty good movie. I'm going to trust my instincts on this and s- Well, you're going to say assume it's Stupid. Terrible because you like it, but I'm just I said kidding. it's kind of good, which means it's kind of like eh for you. Eh. Well, I kind of want you to watch it so I can listen to the two of you banter with each other oh, about yeah. how much just you hated it you. and how much Cat liked Why it. Why did I watch this? It was terrible. I mean, and the there's some like, pretty hey, good. Well, you never know. I, there's some pretty good gore. Is there? Yeah. See, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, it gets pretty, pretty intense. Uh, yeah. So that's I watched it. Nice. I choose or die. Choose or die. Yeah. Make your choice. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. My I, mean, I, I watched is it again. Death. Uh, the name of the Pokemon City setting in Super Smash Brothers: yeah. Saffron City. By the way, oh. Saffron City. Trimander. All right, we wanted to talk some uh, the stepfather. Oh, yes. baby. All right. Uh, so yeah, we're talking the stepfather, uh, not the 2009 remake, the 1987 oh, original. I saw that they had a remake. Flick. And, uh, man, uh, John Locke plays a pretty good psycho, huh? So, I didn't even put together that it was John Locke until, like... How was that An even? hour into the movie? How was, was that like, Wait even possible? You mean Terry O'Quinn? Terry yes. O'Quinn. Who's well, John Locke? So you've never He's seen Lost, I'm assuming? Oh, no, I don't watch okay. ABC shows. So Terry, Ter- Terry O'Quinn is a major character in Lost yeah. oh, okay. for essentially the entire show. Yeah, really, the entire yeah. show. Um, wow, I was... Kind of blown away. I, it was funny. The first like few minutes, I was like, this guy kind of reminds me of Andrew. This murderous psychopathic animal reminds me like, of my friend he's, Andrew. He's like looking in the mirror and it's kind of like mannerisms. <laughs> I just remember that picture of you. When you trimming his mullet. Like, the mullet. I was, when mm. you were like this in the mirror, I was like, that kind of reminds me of Andrew. Mm. <laughs> a weird thing to say, but okay. <laughs> Well, I'll say, um, so first and foremost, yeah, I I mean it. I mean, actually, great performance by Terry O'Quinn in this movie. He, uh, knowing who he was going into this, I was apprehensive, and he played a great psychopath. I thought he was great. He was easily the highlight of this movie. It reminded me a little bit of, like, Ted Bundy. Yeah. Just because, you know, the charming, narcissistic psychopath that's an absolute monster under the surface, but kind of portrays, has this facade as this, this facade as this, you know, happy family man when he's really not but um i digress andrew i know that as i mentioned you've been championing this movie for quite a while and you even picked it in the 80s draft that we did with audette a few weeks back and you've been talking about it for quite a while so you know with that being said before we get into cat's thoughts in the movie which i'm also equally excited for really Um, you guys are so excited for my thoughts why this movie (laughs) the floor is yours this uh this movie is the epitome of every good 80s horror movie. Everything you want in it. It's great musical score, I think, in this movie. Score is good. Um, score is good. It has that one main character that just absolutely kills the performance and is standalone great. The side characters are very good. It has a it has a very interesting plot, I think. Um, it's just a cool concept for a movie. It's based off of... It's a serial killer type movie. It's a mass murderer. There's not a lot of death in it, but there's a lot of death implied throughout the movie. It You're immediately drawn into this movie within like the first five minutes. Like him shaving his beard, Easily. cutting his hair, hair, walking downstairs. There's just dead bodies everywhere. Like he goes over to his dead like, <laughs> Great child song by, daughter. Great song by Korn, by the way. Dead bodies everywhere. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't know that was a song by Korn. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's it it brings into it it has the police influence in it as well as like an outside influence trying to figure out what happened. So it, it just kind of has a little bit of everything in it, and it's just a very like there's a lot of tension throughout the movie, and you're just it's building, 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 and you're just waiting for something to happen, and then eventually it finally does happen. And it's it's not even the scenes where like the like the kill scenes because there's only a couple of like actual deaths in the yeah. movie, mm. but it's the it's a scene in the basement where he's freaking the fuck out during this party and his stepdaughter's down there and she sees the whole thing. And that's that's one of the Great best, scene. best scenes of the movie is when you actually get to see Terry O'Quinn's character losing his fucking mind. And it seems so genuine and so real that it's it's generally frightening just to watch that one scene. And she's just standing there and he's like, 
Oh, hi, oh, honey. we all freak out mm. every once. That yeah. that's his that that's his best the best part of his performance in the movie. Mm. I think are those scenes because there's a couple of them. I mean, he's great in it throughout the whole thing. But I thought that was by far like the standout. Oh, easily one of the best scenes. The other best scene is when his wife is asking him, um, "Can you quit your job?" He didn't say anything, and then he just smacks her in the face. Yeah, the <laughs> unbelievable. It's like, oh god, there we go. Let's fucking go. Unbelievable the shit they get away with in eighties movies, man. It's oh, crazy. But obviously, this guy's a madman. But Watching this movie, and I mean this in in the best way possible, I don't mean this as a slight. This is the type of horror movie, and it's more of a psychological thriller. This is the type of horror movie that my mom would like. My mom hates monster movies, slasher movies, torture porn. Most horror my mom hates. My mom loves psychological thrillers. This is a taut, tense psychological thriller with good performances or at least one good performance and other okay performances i would say uh i think that towards the end it kind of treads a little bit of familiar ground but this is a good movie i thought i really liked it a lot and i thought that you know it's it's an interesting thriller that keeps you engaged the entire time like you said andrew it kicks into high gear right right the fuck away and I also, I'm a sucker for a movie that actually has an opening credits sequence that is actually opening credits instead of just, you know, credits yeah. over certain images. I like when it's actually like a credit sequence. It makes it feel like more of an old school movie to me, which I appreciate. But yeah, I thought this movie was good. I actually, I, I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to. Uh, yeah, and I, I just, I thought of other movies that have come out either before or since this when I was watching this. Uh, so I thought of movies like, so for, for example, movies that have come out after this movie that I thought were clearly influenced by it. Fear with Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg, saw that. Uh, Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton. Like the type of movies where like somebody infiltrates your family and tries to destroy it from within, which is essentially what Terry O'Quinn's character is trying yeah. to do here. I even saw some elements of The Shining in there. Yeah. Where the dad is the murderer. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to kill the entire family. And then you also have the character of the doomed, quote-unquote, hero that's trying to save the family only to meet an unfortunate end at the end of the movie, you know, without spoiling who that actually is. So there's definitely a lot going on here in terms of influence, and I thought it was a good movie. But I'm burying the lead here. Cat. I'm the lead? Your thoughts. all chopping at the Yes. To know what Cat Watch her be like, I movie. fucking hated this movie. I thought it was so stupid. <laughs> I fucking hated this movie. I thought it was so stupid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was like, no way. No. no I, um, every time Andrew picks a movie, I go, oh, God. Great. That's what this, I feel like when I get a movie. This Andrew movie. Ugh. So I was actually very pleasantly surprised. That I liked this movie. Ah, there we I go. was, I was happy. I, 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 you know, even from like as Andrew and Mike have already said, like from the beginning when it just picks up, like he's in the bathroom and he walks downstairs and you immediately get action and you're like, oh my god, all these people are dead on the floor. Like, it just takes off. And like, I like that about a movie that it, I don't. I hate the movies that are slow burns. They kill me. I'm like, when is something gonna happen? Like. Mm. This, You're not waiting around for I'm much I'm not in this waiting movie. in this yeah. movie, which I liked. And I'm not a huge... I guess I'm not a huge 80s fan, but for some reason I kind of really liked the way that this movie went. It just seemed a little bit more real. Like, it didn't seem... I feel like a lot of 80s movies can seem really corny. Well, this was kind of corny, but not really corny. It had its elements it of corniness, couple, but, but it was... It was pretty real. Pretty like, real. Like, it was... I think that is, 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 is you know, a statement to Terry O'Quinn's acting in right. this movie like he played a real psychopath oh absolutely perfectly. well even like when he's showing the guy the house oh that's my favorite and he he's just like, whacks him with a two by four he's like, I'm just used to my wife that. And he's like shit. wait yeah. your wife and then he just fucking clobbers yeah him. now that looked painful like yeah. the, the just getting beaten over and over uh, and over that again. Was oh my god. Well, I was kind of waiting for him to get up, and then I was like, yeah, I don't think he's getting up. <laughs> he's not getting up. And is, did he bury him under that birdhouse? No, he blew up his car. He oh, right, stuck, I forgot about he blew up the And car, then yeah. the very next he scene. Did, he did to that, that guy what the Celtics did to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant over the last uh, four games. So he did Sports to him, reference! Um, am I not mistaken? He did to him what was done to him in Castle Rock. Oh, Andrew! Wow, what wow. a great! Wow. Oh, am I not? Am I? Cor- 
I believe you are correct because he was in Castle Rock. He was, That's and he was right. the warden, and then he got his the car driven off the. Oh, wow! And, yes. Oh. Good and the job. noose was tied around his neck yes. when he was driven off the cliff. Wow! I completely forgot about that. that. Yeah, I would have Good never job. remembered yeah. that. You know, yeah. I knew. When, again, this is two episodes in a row now, <laughs> guys. When we were sitting at Red Tea Garden brainstorming this podcast, oh there God. were moments like this that I hoped for, and Andrew, that was one of them. Last time nice I didn't remember was Red Tea Garden was Sushi Joy. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, they're interchangeable to me I mean, it's, at certain points. Anyways, I think we were at Sushi Joy, to be honest with you. We were not. It was Red Tea Garden. It was definitely we were at Red, Red Tea when we were drinking before we did It Follows. <laughs> no, well, yes. That's for sure. That's, that's correct. Yes, that's correct. Uh, but no, we were uh, also uh, there when uh, we came uh, on the uh, podcast. Uh, apartments. <laughs> uh, uh, dot com. Uh, dot com. Right. So, <laughs> yes, anyway. go I, ahead, go I ahead. liked this movie. Um, at the end, I kind of had a question. So that whole, the whole, like... Ah, that question will be answered in Stepfather 2, mm. which is, in my opinion, better than Stepfather. Wow. So if you like that one, you got to watch Stepfather oh, 2. Because you want to say you want to talk about coming out the gates? Stepfather 2 comes out the gates. Okay. Um, coming out. Okay. Go ahead. Um, the significance of the birdhouse. It's just his so, being a family man. Like, he just generally... Wants to have a happy family, so he builds this bird right. house. Right, and then and she wants to see a and happy then she family. just knocks it down after he's gone. I have, he, like, I have, I have more on that in a little bit. Okay, oh. so I'll just, I'll save that for you. Table that. But that was, that yeah. was just a question. That was the only question that I had. But overall, um, I thought, I thought the whole movie was awesome. I thought it was great. I, I think that the way that John Locke played everything was awesome. I can't believe that. How I about that, Andrew? I was going to hate this movie. Like, Andrew, you like, found a, a an Andrew pick that cat liked. Surprising. surprising now all enough. we have to do is find a cat pick. That Andrew likes. Yeah. Now you gotta watch Stepfather too. Mm. Okay. Because yeah. it's better than this one. Yeah. I I even liked I liked you mentioned the score. Like I liked the whole like it kind of had it's that. It's so eighties. It, it was. Way. It had that Halloweeny yeah. like do do like kind of like the very synthy score. Synth- and yeah. Honestly, and this came out in eighty seven, so it was after Halloween. I feel like at the end. He pretty much is Michael Myers at the end of this yeah. movie. Like he turns, no, yeah, no, he, he's he can't he's be killed. Because he's not dead. He's the boogeyman. He's still alive, you know. Like, but I don't even know. though he, oh my god, when he fell down the stairs at the end, though, it was. Pretty, I love you. I was just like, oh my god, can you I mean, fall down the stairs like a little faster, or like he's just like breaking into every wall? I'm like, oh my god, how? And that girl looks this? like Jennifer Connelly, so she's like plays that kind of Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Movie. Oh, Jennifer Conley. I did think it was awkward when they showed her boobs. I'm like, isn't she like six? Yeah. Yeah, that was just... Like, what's with 80 movies and showing underage boob? Well... Like, no need to see that. You saw his penis in the first, like, five seconds when he went in the shower. Did you? Yeah. I didn't even know if I I noticed that. Oh, yeah. Maybe I wasn't looking for his penis. Oh, like when he's taking a shower after he murders someone. In the first five seconds. Murder. You see his penis. I was like, Wow. Um, penis. So, what did, you, what did you think of John Locke's dick? Um, Good dick. I couldn't really see it very clearly because okay. I had, it was very small. Oh, computer. okay. So it looked very small. Very I mean, small. I could go back and reassess it. Mm. Okay. No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't need you to. I was just. Uh, I was John I was, Locke and one shot. <laughs> kind of more barrel. joking, but <laughs> that's okay. All right. So, guys, if I were to tell you that this was the third movie that we've covered from the year 1987, does mm-hmm. anyone have any guesses as to the other two movies that we've covered from this year? One of which is Andrew's, one of Andrew's Phantasm. favorites. It's not, nope. no, no, God, no. Hellraiser. Hellraiser's 87, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Number two we did last summer. And it features Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Predator. Predator. Yeah. The two movies from 1987. Good year. What's the other? Very good year. Hellraiser. Hellraiser and Predator. Oh, oh, I thought there was one more. No, no, no. Those two, and th- now we're covering the, no, the no, no. Both, both a couple of uh, blockbusters. Um, good year for horror, though, Andrew. Um, so we get Creepshow 2 in 1987. Oh, Obviously, nice. I think the best segment of Creepshow, any of them, The Raft, which we've uh, talked about Always. on several occasions. Multiple times. You also get Evil Dead 2, uh, colon, <laughs> Dead by Dawn. Evil Dead. Uh, Jaws the Revenge, which is a stinky movie. The Lost Boys, which is not oh, a stinky movie. That's I actually that on, DVD. on Netflix right now. You have Lost Boys on DVD? Yeah, it's in the other room in that crate. You've seen The Lost Boys? Yeah. I'm shocked by that. I'm shocked? surprised you remember seeing it. Me too. Me too. I don't really remember it that much. I mean, it was on DVD. You also get 1987, a personal favorite of mine that I selected in the 80s draft as well. Uh, the Monster Squad. Great movie. Also, in 1987, I was born. I graced you with husband. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> I was uh, I was a year old in 1987, depending on the time of year. 
Uh, you also get, I think, what is one of the stronger movies in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise in 1987, which is A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, colon, Dream Warriors. The Warriors? Wa- Warriors. Thank you, Elaine. Come out to play, eh? Andrew, mm-hmm. Prince of Darkness came out in 87. That's a good movie, too. Uh, great movie. Great movie. And also, uh, the only other movie of note that I saw that uh, rang a bell to me, A Return to Salem's Lot. Also, uh, speaking of which... Uh, CinemaCon was over the last couple of days, which was a film festival, and the first footage of the Salem's Lot remake Mm -hmm. was released, and no spoilers were given, obviously, but the reactions from it were that it looked very scary and very good, akin to the first It movie type of remake. So I I cannot fucking wait for that movie! Oh, I love Salem's Lot so much. It's my favorite Stephen King story, and I can't wait to see what James Wan does with it. But, with that being said, we're going to talk about some facts, some factoids about this movie, because I get some good stuff here, actually. Okay. Some interesting stuff. Um, so, hey, the stepfather clocked in at number 70 on our old friend uh, Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Mm. How about that? Cool. I know that. Specific, spe- what number? 70 of 100. Specifically referencing the scene where Terry O'Quinn freaks out in the basement with his yep. stepdaughter washing him, which I think is probably, in my opinion, the scariest part of the whole movie. Didn't frighten me personally, but obviously, if you see somebody in your family doing this, you're going to be like, uh, what the fuck's going on? What's happening? Um, this actually is based on true events. Did John you know List. this? Yes. I, okay, I was wondering yep. if you knew about this. So this is loosely based on the story of John List. Uh, John List was a New Jersey man who killed his family in 1971 and was on the run until 1989. So he was almost on the run for 20 years. And you know what brought him down? No relation. No relation, but maybe my uncle, John Walsh, on America's Most Wanted. Yep. Brought down uh, John List. Are well, you done distracting changed, everybody he, from this podcast? Or he what? changed his identity, remarried. Yep. Um, the only thing he didn't do that was similar was he didn't remarry and then murder that family. Yes. But so it, it brings my point because when we talked when I talked about this movie on the uh, '80s favorite movies, I said this could never happen today. Like you're never going to get do something like this and get away with it. And then we said, and then Audette said, "Well, I don't think this would happen in any decade." Because movie. Oh, oh and oh. And no, it clearly, like, you could do whatever the fuck you wanted and just change your name and you mm-hmm. can just get away with it back then. Like, the amount of DNA in the first scene of this movie that should oh, be available. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, the blood, he's just wiping all over the place. He's cutting his hair in the sink. He's doing all this stuff. And then it takes Ogilvy going into the basement, finding a magazine where he ripped out articles. It's mm-hmm. like, what are the police even doing? Right. How did he find that within being in the house in 10 right. minutes and then yeah. no one else Nothing. knew what was right. going on? Yeah. Uh, but so just to, to piggyback off what you said, so uh, like the film, <laughs> Terry um, Quinn's dick. Yes, thank yeah. Cat Cat's invisible. now showing us pictures of Terry well, Quinn's you, dick. You he has a nice. He has a nice dick. It's yeah, a he's a great dick. Small. Little on the side. He needs to shave around. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the film, uh, so John List uh, killed his family in their suburban home and went on to live under a false identity. Also similar to the film, Liz continued to leave the house, quote-unquote, for work to keep appearances with his wife after losing his job. Unlike the film, List, as you said, Andrew, did not assume multiple identities, did not commit further murders, did not become a stepfather, or use disguises after becoming a fugitive. He did, however, remarry, claiming that his first wife had died of cancer, and he was finally apprehended after 18 years of hiding... Uh, after being shown on America's Most Wanted and died in prison, good fucking riddance, by John List. Suck a dick. Fuck you. Yeah, so I, that's, I mean, uh, that's not far-fetched for me to believe. It's that a, this is a very realistic else. story. Oh, I mean, like, of all the movies that we've covered on this show, this is probably one of the most realistic stories. Because it's happened. Yeah. This, it's actually been done. What, maybe this, Prisoners? Yeah. I mean, what else? Seven? To an extent, yeah. To an extent, certain, uh, to a certain extent. Do you know what else is a very real thing? Every time you say stepfather, I think of the Weezer songs when he's like, like father, Step stepfather. Father. <laughs> I'm Get surprised you thought of that considering of how much demons. you, considering how much you hate Weezer. Okay, I, I liked Weezer when they, <laughs> when they sang Whatever. like Weezer songs, not when they became a 
wedding party cover band. All right. Like, <laughs> um, their cover of Africa, Song of a Generation. The, 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 song the, of a Generation. We could go Great on song. for another 20 minutes about this debate, but we're not going to do that. Otis, what do you think? Yeah, he he's impartial. Good answer. All right. Yeah, you were saying? Yeah, I think of the Weezer song every time you say, Stepfather. Okay. <laughs> cool. Speaking of the stepfather, yet thing. again, um, almost the entire cast of this movie except for, like, two or three actors, appeared in episodes of The X-Files. Oh, The entire cast of the movie, minus, like, two people. Wow. Which is kind of funny to think about. And, fun fact, Terry O'Quinn played three different characters throughout The X-Files' entire run. Which three. the Marvel Cinematic Universe is quivering in the incontinuity of these events. Okay, you ready for this? Listen to this. So, O'Quinn played... One character in season two of The X-Files. He played another character in the 1998 movie titled The X-Files. And he had a significant role in the movie. Died in the movie. And then he played a third character in 2002. And in addition to that, if you're a fan of The X-Files like me, you may have heard of Millennium, which was a spinoff of The X-Files. He played a fourth character that was different in Millennium. Wow. So Terry O'Quinn played four different characters in The X-Files universe. He's just that well-versed Holy fucking actor. shit. Yeah. He's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, obviously, uh, Millennium, by the way, if you're a fan of the X-Files, you know this. You guys might might not know this. You probably don't even know who I'm talking about. Uh, Millennium was the X-Files spinoff that starred Lance Henriksen. When you say that, I just think of Millennium. I was too. Okay, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Thank you. Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. Great Robbie Williams song. I thought of the same thing. I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. Just thinking of Robbie Williams song. Oh, what a great song. Robbie Williams, great. Great musical artist. All right, so at this point, um, I also I mentioned at the top of the show that we are now featured on HorrorFacts.com. We also have some new commercials and new sponsors that we're going to play for you guys here at this point. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back in about 90 seconds. Stay tuned. It's official. The critics' decision is in. Spooky World is spooktacular. Enter the new black hole. If you dare. For the new horror house of wax. This year, don't miss the real Jason, Bobby Pickett, or Alice Cooper. Phone the 24-hour Spooky World hotline. 508-830-200. That's 508-830-200. Spooky World is just west of Boston. And haunts every night from October 1st till November 1st. If you had the nerve, you'd phone 508-830-200. It's American's horror theme park. Spooky World. Be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Biffle. Here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Sleepy Clowers! Time is alive! It's alive! The new face of evil is going to scare you to death. Barrett's Haunted Mansion, it's a killer this year. Then be next door to the Abington Airlines. Barrett's Haunted Mansion, eat, drink, and be scary. Go to bhmansion.com. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed that word from our sponsors. They'll be back each and every week. Thank you uh, for the support. Spooky World, Barrett's Haunted Mansion, and uh, Count Chocula. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Listen back. You'll find out. I don't know. I mean, hey, we, uh, they just wanted to sponsor I mean, us. I like Count Chocula. Um, so, real quick, before we kind of get into some other thoughts about this movie, I wanted to give you guys some interesting analysis that I found in this movie that I thought you guys would find appealing. So, a lot of movies that we talk about, stupid slasher movies, there's not a lot of depth to them, right? It kind of just is what it is on the surface. This movie, I found one article, it's very interesting, right? So this, I'm, I'm pulling this from uh, an article on avclub.com, written about The Stepfather. Uh, it's written by a guy named Scott Tobias. Um, I'll put a link in the description if you're interested in reading it. But basically, this article is postulating that Jerry, Terry O'Quinn, his character is a stand-in for Reaganism. 
in the 80s. Okay, so follow the bouncing ball. Family here. values. Correct. Yep. So Ronald Reagan obviously ran for president in the 80s, and a lot of his platform that he was running on and campaigning on was reinstating American core family values that you know were prevalent in the 50s, in the 60s, and bringing those back to the forefront in the 80s when things were kind of taking a turn towards a little bit more radical, right? Um, and I'm going to read directly from this article. I'll, I'll quote this guy, Stephen Tobi- uh, Scott Tobias. Excuse me. <clears throat> so this came, movie came out in '87, coming seven years into a Reagan revolution that attempted to turn back the clock of American culture. The stepfather presented Jerry as the perverse face of family values, a proudly quote-unquote old-fashioned guy who still watches Mr. Ed, talks about real estate as quote selling the American dream and goes so far to protect his stepdaughter's purity that he confuses a goodnight kiss for attempted rape. Which, sidebar, outrageous. Oh, that that seems out of control. Uh, Continuing the quote. Throughout the film, Jerry tries to impose his reactionary ideals onto a family, and if you count those he's murdered or will murder, families, plural, that can't function within those tight perimeters. Interesting way to look at this movie, right? I absolutely see that. Oh, yeah. Thoughts? 100%. That makes complete sense when you watch this movie. He is the epitome of those old school family values where he will stop at nothing for his moral high ground. Well, that's the goal for him. He just wants a family like a, a normal It doesn't matter family. what it is, though. It doesn't matter if he compromises his own morals to meet his moral One thing I did read in addition to this, not analysis or anything like that, and Andrew, I'd be interested to hear if there was anything included in the sequels that touch on this. There was a scene cut from this movie that was a flashback to his upbringing that might have shed a little bit of light on his past and why he is the way he is. Uh, The only thing, I feel like the only thing you know about his upbringing is that it was very strict, and that is in the scene Mm. with Dr. Fontenbant. Yes, I think it was elaborated he on. Smashes more. his face in with a two by four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think they bring up anything to do with it. Like maybe some of um, in the second one, he's in like a uh, psychiatric ward, basically. Like he's meeting with a doctor and he talks to him. He's under supervision, but I don't think they ever bring up like his past. Like I feel like mm. that's left. Out. Yeah, well, I, so from what I saw, they, they were thinking about including a scene flashing back to that, but they didn't. So. That would have been a good idea. But, yeah, I, I just, I always love seeing stuff like this, these deep dives, because I think a lot of it can be bullshit sometimes, but I feel like this is one of those articles where it, it makes sense. There's a sense. lot of symbolism. It makes sense, movie. right? Yeah. It makes sense, because... But you would never realize that if you didn't grow up in that era. Right. So it's good to have people that were able to watch this, realize mm-hmm. it in real time, and be like, oh, there's a lot of symbolism in this movie. Yeah. Well, whether you whether it's real or not, like it's like poetry. You're gonna get your own inter like that's what's great about good poetry is that the any interpretation is good interpretation. There's it there's no intentional meaning to it. It just affects people in different ways. So you you may see one thing. You may see a dark storm cloud rolling in over the hills right before dawn. Mike may see a rainbow popping up right before fucking. Lucky pops out and brings him a bowl of Count Chocula or see whatever. It doesn't matter. It's open penis. to interpretation. <laughs> you might see it's, John, it's, John Locke's rock hard penis. Yes. That's what's there great about go. poetry. That's what's great about horror movies is that it's open to interpretation depending on your point of view from your life and your upbringing and all these certain things. That's what's great about movies, art, everything. Right. Everything's open for interpretation. You can find anything in anything if you really want to. You can find meaning in fucking dog shit. Doesn't mean it's really there. I believe this dog should. No, but you know what I mean. Like, you know what I mean. Like you can really just you if you look hard enough, you can find something. Else. Yeah, I agree. Way to continually step on Andrew's thoughtful analysis, Catherine. Great job. My thoughtful analysis ended up being about Lucky Charms and fucking dog shit. So Contractula is nice. But too. it made sense. In my Sponsor head. of the show. Shout out Contractula and Frankenberry. That's why I brought it up. Frankenberry and uh, Booberry. Yep. Absolutely. Boo. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting stuff. So, um, let's see. I know you are kind of under a time crunch here, Catherine. Um, so I feel like at this point we should we normally would talk about whether or not this movie is deserving of a sequel. Well, guess what? It was. Andrew already talked about The Stepfather Part 2. I would want to see the second one. I um, think we should do an episode of next year. Like, okay. Take a year up. Why don't it's we? It's well deserving. Why don't we do it close to Father's Day next year? Yeah, I feel like it's well deserving because okay. I think the second one might be better than the first. Like fathers, stepfathers. Okay. Like All last, right. I watched uh, Stepfather 
the original last night yeah. again before the podcast, and then I just went right into Stepfather 2 because, you can. know, I love all of them. Andrew, oh. what about the Stepfather Part 3, which does and not have Terry O'Quinn? No mm. dice. Okay. It, it's 1 and 2, and that's it. You yeah. don't need okay. Stepfather 3, there's no need for that movie. If Terry O'Quinn's on in it, I feel like you Terry O'Quinn makes... He is this franchise. He is the Stepfather. If you want to call it a franchise. Um, Andrew, also talk to me about the 2009 remake, which was uh, starring, again, no relation uh, to John Walsh or myself. Uh, Dylan Walsh of Nip Tuck fame uh, also featured Amber Heard, uh, most famous for uh, being Beating in the news up. recently for taking a shit in Johnny Depp's bed. You guys heard about that? Cutting off his finger? Cutting off his finger and shitting in his bed. I thought it was more yeah. about cutting off his finger. Yeah. Man, man, is she getting raked over the fucking coals right now. And she should be. What a bitch. Wow. Yeah. Fuck her. <laughs> Go Johnny Depp. Yikes. Dude, Depp, Depp is like, he was getting killed and now he's looking more and more like the same person. Well, yeah, because immediately, you, I mean, you look at the situation, you immediately can assume... I watched I watched a seven minute clip on YouTube <laughs> yep. of him describing the photo that was sent to him of her pooping in his bed. And I fucking laughed. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so good. And he's just on the stand having to talk seriously about looking at a photo of her poop in his bed. And it was the craziest thing I've ever fucking seen. I loved but it's a defamation lawsuit. It's a defamation yeah. of character lawsuit. So he has to basically, they have to go into all the gory details. And she's sitting there the entire time. Right. How embarrassing would that be? I oh like, they, they have TikToks now with uh, him. And like, yeah, there was a I've of seen him those like too. passed out with ice cream. And he yeah, was I've like, well, this was when I was in Boston film, filming Black Mass. And she asked me to hold her ice cream. And I, I, I fell asleep after I had several opioids, mm. and clearly the ice cream is spilling all over my pants. Which, by the way, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> underrated movie and an all-time underrated depth performance is Oh my god, Black, Black Mass. Mass. That movie was amazing. great. Amazing. It's so good. Um, so anyway, I digress. Andrew, Sorry, talk to yeah. me about the 2009 Stepfather remake. Um, I very vaguely remember it because I saw it once, and I actually think I saw this, the remake, before I had ever seen the original. Oh. Because uh, I didn't really see the uh, original one till maybe like four years ago. It, okay. And then as soon as I watched, I was on vacation in Florida. It was like midnight and I was like, I'm just like Amazon watched like all huh. back to, I was like, I gotta get in golf. But um, Dylan Walsh is fine. He's actually, he no actually, relation. he actually plays that role pretty well. I mean, he's no Terry O'Quinn. The problem is, yeah, he's a good it actor. just doesn't have the same, this is an 80s movie. This isn't a 2009 remake. And they also replaced the stepdaughter with a stepson. Mm. And he's like a swim. And it's like kind of gets involved. Oh, you know who it is? It's, it's the guy from Her. Uh, the, the the TV show that you watch with um, Penn Badgley. That guy. I don't know his name. Go ahead, I Andrew. So keep talking. Things. I'll find I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just, um, it just, it lacks the essence of what the movie really is. Which is a grainy 80s horror movie right. that you can't remake. Right. I'm sorry. There's just th That's the only explanation I really have. It's not that it's not a good remake. It's just that this movie isn't meant to be made in 2009. This movie's meant to be made in 1987 with Terry O'Quinn and some great synth soundtrack and some cheese. The show's called oh, You yeah. with that guy. So yeah. he's oh, in that. that loser. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Penn, Penn Badgley he's is from, his uh, name. Yes. His name is Penn Badgley. Penn Badgley. He's also what a turn. Girl. Oh, Gossip Girl. Oh, oh good. God. Just another okay. show I know. Oh, yes. this is the girl from uh, Haunting, yeah. of, Haunting of Blind Manor yes, and Haunting of Hill House. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay, okay. Well, that's right. season two of you. There's another season one, okay. season one that she's not in. Season two to you! <laughs> Happy to you. There's, it basically boils down to there's certain movies that you can remake and there's certain movies that you can't. And this movie is an 80s movie. Yeah. It's not a 2009 remake with Dylan Walsh and Penn Badgley. It's... Terry O'Quinn <laughs> with his, it's just it, like, it's, it's hard. Like there's no explanation for why the remake isn't good because the remake sucks. Well, um, it's, they do, there's just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the same way. It lacks the tension. Okay. Because you're dealing with a boy who's like a big swimmer. Mm. Like he's like, this is a big guy. Like could easily beat the shit out of his dad. Sure. Not some young girl who just is. Okay. Yeah. Understandable, but like for 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 real though, for a second, like does Amber Heard shit in his bed? <laughs> um, maybe that's why he's so mad. Maybe, maybe. That's well, I think she plays the girlfriend of Penn Badgley. <laughs> okay, does she shit in Penn Badgley's bed? 
Uh, no. Okay. But she probably should, and she should probably have her face cut off. Okay. But she doesn't. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's not a good remake. <laughs> okay. It lacks. All right, all right, all right And I saw the remake I before, I saw the remake that's before the, the original. That's all the bed shitting jokes we're going to talk about. Go watch Who Pooped the Bed, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Great episode of the show. Great show. Fantastic. It's definitely, it's definitely Frank. Uh, let's see. Any final thoughts on this movie before we put a bow on this bitch, you guys? Good stuff so far. Catherine, anything? Well, congratulations, Andrew, on your win. Finally found one. <laughs> and I never thought it would be this movie. Of all the movies, it was The Stepfather. Surprisingly enough, yes. The Stepfather. You, yeah, the stepfather. I liked it. I liked an Andrew she must movie. have been so mad when Mike was like, we're doing The Stepfather. I was like, like, oh, God, another Andrew Boom. movie. I was like, ugh. I believe Jesus. the line this was, is, I see, believe the line is, was, I don't want to come home tonight and watch this stupid movie that Andrew recommended. Yeah, but the thing the is, though, quote. is this is a... Kind of a slasher movie at heart. It is. It so is. So that's why you like it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it going into it. And I'm glad I didn't. I usually mm. go into most most movies blind. Mm. Um, and then I don't... you come out of most movies blind too, because you don't even remember half the time. That you exactly. Them, so. Exactly. I do. Yeah. Literally and figuratively blind, because <laughs> she can't really see much either Me without either. her contacts yeah, right? and her glasses. Yeah. So. Yeah, good movie. Yeah. Check out The Stepfather. By the way, right now, streaming on Shudder, if you have Shudder. Uh, all of might, them. Yeah, might. All, you can watch oh, them all, all three? All oh, I'm definitely going to watch right. it. And the remakes? Yeah, 100%. Oh, the, nobody about cares the about the remake. Well, just I, the one. Two. You just want two. Two so much. The, the first 15 minutes of the second one is so good. Okay. Great. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of America's Hometown Horror. Thanks so much for tuning in. And thanks again to Spooky World the Movie. Thanks again to HorrorFacts.com. My name is Mike. I am your host. I've been joined by Kat and Andrew. Here's where you can find our show. Hey, where you're listening right now. But we're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else you may get your podcasts. Tune back in next week for another episode on something that we haven't decided yet, <laughs> which we will figure out probably be, the day before we it's record. It's got to be a cat or two bit, at this point. It maybe. will be halfway to Halloween. Yes, it will. And maybe we can all come up with something creative together. I want to pick. Oh, you can pick. Sure. I want to pick. It's your turn. Yeah, I You can pick. You can pick. All right, guys. Well, uh, again, my name is Mike. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in. I've been joined by Andrew and Catherine and Otis, the spooky hound dog. Say goodbye to your listeners, folks. Who am I here? This looks like a house <laughs> for a family, don't you think? Yeah. That's like one of his lines. Right? He's like, he's like, who am he? Like gives the wrong name. He's like, who am I here? He like, yes, know who the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah. that's on the poster too. It's oh, like it's, him yeah. looking in the mirror. It says, who am I here? Who am I? Oh wait, I'm no, Blake. Did, yeah. I'm like whatever Blake. Who am I? Like, wait, what? what? He's like, smash who are you? Yeah. with your phone. And I'm like, yeah. How about I take your How about I take your game and I smash it to pieces? All right. Adios, muchachos. Bye. Okay. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show because of course we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus and Old Colony Cast, head on over and give them a listen.